Blog Talk Radio. Super Bowl 50. 
Yeah, man, listen, I've I never played professional sports, so I, I certainly can't speak on that stage. But I've, but I played sports sure. my entire life growing up and have played a lot of ball games, man, uh, baseball, basketball, football, you name it. And in sports, there, there's always a moment, right? There's always a moment that has the potential to be a defining moment in one way or the other for another team, right? So let's say it's a situation right. where a player gets hurt, or let's say it's a situation where, you know, a call goes a certain way, or a big play, or a big play on defense, whatever. And, and the game's made up of many, many, many moments like that. And I think, personally, that moment, one of those moments began um, when when uh, Cam threw the ball downfield, Jericho Cotri bobbled it as he was going to the ground. And, you know, again, I, I'm the last person in the world to yell bad call. But that the point being sure. is, is that that was a defining moment. When that pass didn't complete, that's a 25-yard pass, 20-yard pass, something like that, that that set the Panthers back. And then the very next play, or two plays after that, I believe, Von Miller came yes. off the end and made a ridiculous yes. play on Cam Newton right. on the ball. And so, you know, you're looking at a, a seven-swing real quick. And the question is, right. how are the Panthers going to respond? And And to me, I thought the Panthers responded fairly well. I mean, they were still within a one-score game you know, into the fourth quarter um, with seven right. minutes to go. And so, you know, to me, everybody's talking about Denver dominated, Denver dominated, all that. Dude, they played right. phenomenal defense, phenomenal defensive yes, performance. Did. But the Panthers <laughs> still had 400 yards of offense. So it wasn't like it wasn't like they shut them down. It's just that they kept them from the big scoring plays. And the Panthers right. could never, in my opinion, they could never get ahead of that that hump. And, uh, you know, again, to, to, to their credit, man, Denver played a ridiculous football game. Um, but for whatever reason, Panthers just couldn't get that momentum swing to uh, to capitalize on what I thought was a very poor uh, offensive performance from Denver. You know, if you really look really? at it, the, offensively, right. man, they put up nine points uh, as an offense, put up nine points. And and of those nine, three were on a, 60, a fluke 61-yard punt return. So, all in all, man, yes. great ball game, Remember I thought, that. offensive and defensive. I just think that Denver took advantage of the intangibles, and that's why they won. Yes, and I totally agree with that. Totally agree. Dude, I, again, I had no rooting interest. I mean, I, you know, I grew up in North Carolina, as you know, so I was I was hoping for the Panthers. Um, right. I, I, I just, I, that first, replay that and that, you know and far be it for, you, like, for me to be mature like you and not say bad call that was a horrible call um you know yeah i mean you catch. know truthfully well here's the deal though the nfl yeah. needs to get some definitive decisions on what a catch is in that sport exactly because exactly. You, you've got a guy who's bobbling the ball as he's going to the ground and in his defense i mean i'm an nc state guy right so jericho kosher was at nc state when i was playing i love I call him Cherry Coke just because that's what I've always called him. And so uh, <laughs> I, I thought Cherry Coke, I, I thought he, he bobbled the ball but put his hand on it, right. got it underneath him. And to me, yes. I'm sitting here saying, that's a catch, man. That's a catch. Yep. And when that catch doesn't happen, you know, those emotions start to flare up and you start to say, God, man, and you want to yell bad call. And then all of a sudden it starts to unravel. And so the the difference, though, in a championship team is a team that can bounce back from those type of situations. And, I agree. You know, totally agree. And the Panthers had done that a good – you know, they had never been in that position 
to have to bounce back. Now, again, they had to come back against Seattle earlier in the season. They had to fight right. against, you know, the Giants in overtime. There were a couple of games early on where they did have to fight, but this was the first time where they were literally on their heels down 10 nothing. Now, they had trailed 10 yes. points early in the year, but they had never been on their heels trailing 10, and, and they just couldn't couldn't get that pop. So, yeah, man, I think the NFL needs to put a definitive, like, you know, hey, who gets to make the call that that's a catch or not? Because in the booth they said it was a catch. On the field they said it wasn't. It's just like, okay, man, well, who's who's running the show? Right, exactly. I mean, it's like, I mean, come on. It's, it's, this is not rocket science. It's like, what is a catch? We, You and I know have a pretty good idea of what a catch is. So why couldn't the NFL and, and, and its partners decide what a catch is? I mean, it shouldn't be that complicated. It just right. baffles me why that's always complicated. But and to your point about the Panthers' defense, the Panthers' defense played pretty well. I thought the Panthers' yeah. defense showed up. I thought that they had kept Peckman in check. I mean, as you said earlier, despite the setbacks the Panthers had, they were still in it. They were still yeah. in the ball game until the very end. We'll get to the fumble later. That pretty much still still the deal for the Broncos. But um, you know, as a as a case of any big game or any or or any loss, we want to assign blame, right? People say blame right. him, blame Dow, or just that in the third. Um, Cam Newton didn't play the best game, but I sure. felt that. I felt that they, uh, that Mike Shula, the offensive coordinator, I thought he called a horrible game. I, I, I think that, you know, so, I, mean, you, I, mean, I mean, you don't put a, a quarterback seven yards behind the line of scrimmage against that ferocious pass rush that Denver had. I mean, I, I, I didn't see many read option plays. I mean, granted, you know, uh, the Broncos put enough men in the box kick can for running, but I thought that, you know, they should have called more – run plays for Newton, at least to keep the the defense on. So where do you think the blame should lie if, if any blame should go around at all? Depends. Yeah, man, you know, you know, Scott, I mean, we don't know each other well, man. I, I have, I'm a, I'm not a blame guy. I, I really, um, I've never been an offensive coordinator in the NFL. All I can say is, and I can't say <laughs> I had done it differently either because I just, I've never been sure. in those shoes. But, but, and, and listen, dude, I'm just a guy you know, who who writes books and gives motivational talks and, and sells insurance in North Carolina. So, I mean, I it's just an opinion. But, you know, I thought, knowing what I know and what I've seen, like take, for example, the uh, read option pitch that they ran. Uh, I think they, they, yes. they dove uh, – they dove uh, I think they drove Jonathan Stewart and pitched it out to Fozzie Whitaker. I, I, I saw that play happen, and, and it busted off for 20 yards or something. And then I saw Cam on a couple of times on some scrambles where he got outside the pocket and ran – um, and I'm like, okay, you would think that that would be something you'd want to capitalize on because that was what was working. Right. The, the dropping back into the pocket and, and trying to hit a, hit a mid-range pass, you know, they didn't do many short passes. They certainly didn't go long. Every pass they tried to complete was in that probably, you know, 15 to 20-yard range, and there just wasn't enough time to get that off, and they weren't winning the line of scrimmage, especially off the end. So I thought at halftime, quite frankly, they were going to probably make some changes to the play call, and um, and it just didn't seem to happen. It almost seemed like, hey, we had a plan that we're going to try to run the ball and establish yep. that keep pounding mentality, and then we're going to throw throw the ball. Mid- but I I just felt <laughs> like that they needed something, right? Like I said, every team needs something to kind of give them a little bit of a boost. Sometimes that's an offensive play calling deal. Sometimes it's a player, whatever. Right. Um, you know, for me, 
the defense put them in the position to win the ball game. And you think yes, if the did. defense gives up nine points that the offense, at least Panthers offense, is going to capitalize on that. But it just never happened, man. And, and, again, I think a little bit of it is hey, you come in with this mentality of this is who we are and this is what we do, and you don't want to change yep. and just start putting Cam under center. And I mean, for goodness sakes, you could put Cam under center probably, and you could run him ahead for probably three yards just about every time. Um, right. You know, it, and and then and then mix it up a little bit, but but put him in a shotgun. Just it, it was man. I tell you what, I mean, you know, it just didn't it didn't fly fly Panthers way. Yeah, I mean, I dude, I, I mean, again, I I never I, I watched Denver's defense throughout the playoffs leading up to the Super right. Bowl, and I never thought I'd see that so ferocious, so such ferocious play from the Denver defense. It was definitely a defensive Super Bowl down to its core. I mean. The Panthers showed up. The Broncos just sat Newton a thousand times. It seemed like, um, yeah. you know, it, it, it's just, I mean, I love defense. I'm a defensive guy. And even though it, parts of the Super Bowl wasn't that aesthetically pleasing, I I had to give it up to both teams for playing such ferocious defense the entire way. It's just that, to your point, Denver managed to not get shook, shaken under pressure. If you it, was just, um, it was mistakes, man. Denver didn't make – Denver yeah. didn't make any penalizing mistakes, and the Panthers. Yeah. Denver had what two turnovers, I think, and um, Maybe, you know, yeah. but they weren't. Yeah, but they weren't in their own. But they weren't in their own. Um, you know, field of play, and you know, it just didn't hurt them as much as the Panthers did because the two turnovers that the Panthers had were inside their own twenty, I think. Um, yeah. You know, and both yeah. and both led to scores, and so and when you get in that type of defensive game, you 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 honestly need to capitalize on the other team's mistakes. And quite honestly, mm-hmm. Denver did it well with two scores. The Panthers didn't right. do it well at all. And that was the difference in the ball game. But, you know, the, the funny thing is, man, is that after the game, everybody come out talking about they dominated, they dominated. Listen, man, that's not my definition of domination. I mean, you know, domination is, is getting somebody when they just they, – they shut them out completely and they don't score, right. they don't move the ball at all. Um, you know, I, the, the, not, not take anything away from Denver. They won the ball game. Their defense was uh, impactful, but dominating was a, a little bit of a aggressive word, in my opinion. Yeah, dominating to me is what Seattle did to, did to Denver two years ago. That's dominating. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that is dominating. Or what, Panthers, or what the Panthers did, or what the Panthers did to Cardinals in the NFC Championship. You know. Yes, that's that's a pure domination. Yeah, this wasn't dominating. It was just. This is physical football at defense football. Yeah, they just beat them. They beat them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like nobody can just say, "Man, they beat us anymore." It has to be like they dominated. You know what I mean? It's like defensive press and make it sound like some, you know, billboard sign. But at the end of the day, man, right. Denver won the ball game. They did what they had to do to win, and they and they beat them. All right. So this takes this is going to take one more negative turn here. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Our guy Cam Newton. Our guy Cam Newton. Um, you know, I feel bad for the young man, but, you know, the thing is that, you know, it was one thing when that last fumble occurred that led to the last score that that pretty much gave the Broncos the uh, game set match, if you will. And right. it's just that Newton, when he, you know, that walkout press conference fiasco that seemingly broke Twitter and all social media, um, right. I think that Newton is young. He is He's only 26 years old. I'm not about to make an excuse for the young man. I think he'll learn from this. 
But it's just one of those lessons where obviously he lost, so he got humbled. But you know, yep. he, he I mean, it's, you got to take the good with the bad. You know, with his exciting dancing this year and his exuberance, you know, and everything. It's you know, and and, and uh, I think you know where I'm going with this. It's like oh, yeah. if you do it when you're winning, you gotta you gotta man up when you lose. I mean, it's a sorry feeling to have. I mean, I, far be it for me to say I've lost any championship game any level, but. It's it's a bad feeling, and you just gotta. It comes to the territory. I mean, but but he'll man up. I mean, he'll be fine. And I just didn't. Yeah, think yeah. people should make a big deal about it. Well, here's the deal, man. I th- I think the biggest thing about that is is everybody wanted to use that as an opportunity to point a finger at Cam Newton. But what I really think yeah. it did is it pointed the finger at America. I mean, honestly. Mm. I'm I'm dead serious. I'm like, the people that are showing that kind of outrage and opinion about a 26-year-old football player, I'm like, man, you know what? We need to use this as an opportunity instead of pointing a finger. We need to use this as an opportunity to look in the mirror. I mean, goodness gracious. Mm. Let's be honest, okay? What's your job like, okay? okay? Where do you work, all right? I'm I'm not talking to you, Scott. I'm talking to America. Where do you work? Let's come into into your office after your boss tells you you're going to get a pay cut because the corporation's struggling. And then I'm going to put a microphone in your face and say, hey, tell me what you think about the corporation's pay cut, you know? And and let me let me see how you respond. You know, I mean, are you going to say, "Oh man, you know what? The corporation's doing great, and I'm so excited about the pay cut. Uh, I'm just part of the team, guys. I'm here for the team." You know, come on, man. Let's be honest. Let's take this yeah. and use it as an opportunity to look at ourselves. I mean, gracious, dude, I've got four kids under the age of five, right? And and God I am not a perfect person. <laughs> but let's hey, let's look let's look at. What are you going to do on a Wednesday night when your kids aren't going to bed? Let's talk about how you respond. I mean, seriously, you're talking about Cam Newton walking out on a press conference. That's a waste of your time and energy. You watch football for one reason, and that one reason is entertainment. It's entertainment. Yes. It's, you. not your freak- it's not your freaking <laughs> life. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's man. not your life. Right. It is, if, it, if it is your life, I mean, seriously, you're getting this been out of shape about a foot game. Dude, there's there's so much other stuff. Like, people wonder why their lives are out of order, out of sorts, why they're angry, you know, why they get depressed, Mm -hmm. why they struggle with all this stuff. It's because you you put something like a football game on that kind of pedestal, and when you respond in that way, that's a chance to say, why in the heck am I acting crazy like this about a person? Why am I giving a person... That much power to get me so angry. Oh man, it's because a lot of stink. <laughs> you know that's what Charles Barkley once said. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know seriously, crazy. and I'm not trying to say that. Listen, I'm, I'm not saying people's lives stink. I'm saying, man, you you got sure, some great stuff going on in your life, man. Like you woke up, you're breathing today, man. Like you've got an opportunity. I mean, wherever you work, I'm sure they pay you. You're getting money to do that. I mean, you know, you you be, you're able to do whatever it is. I mean, come on, man. This is this is United States of America. Like, take some responsibility instead of blaming somebody else for something. And and that's my whole thing. I mean, you know, it's funny, Scott. My local news ran an article on me and my boys because of that Cam Newton article that I had written, you know, before the Super Bowl. And they're like, hey, after the Super Bowl, has anything changed for you? And I said, absolutely, it hadn't changed at all. If anything, it made my point even more clear, you know, that mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I'm not going to use an opportunity for, for, to let Cam Newton's downfalls 
be the thing that I focus on. And I try, try to use that approach in my entire life. Like, I'm going to use an opportunity to say, hey, what can I learn from this, right? And how can I apply this to my life? Rather than point at his life, I'm going to point back at my life. And that's what I want to teach my kids, right? The good thing about Cam Newton that I want to teach my boys is, hey, listen, man, that guy lives with passion. Like, he lives with yeah. passion, good or bad. He lives with passion, you know? Now, I'm not saying that what he did was right. I'm just saying that he lives with passion. If you live with passion, you're going to get your heart stepped on. You know, people are going to put their foot on your throat because they don't like that because a lot of people live scared. But when somebody lives sure. you know, kind of all out there, that just comes with the territory. So, you know, that's kind of my take on it, man, and that's where I stand. And it's interesting because, you know, it just it shows the condition of our country, in my opinion, of people's willingness to just start hammering on folks. And, and I'm just like, man – you know, I don't want to be the guy pointing the finger because I got to look in the mirror every morning and I know that I've got my own faults. Dude, that's why you are an, a motivational speaker. I'm I'm actually pumped by what you just said. That was, that was a great way of looking at things. I never looked at it from that angle. I I really appreciate that. Seriously. Seriously, I'm being serious. Yeah, that's that. definitely. I, really I appreciate mean, listen, that. dude. It's all about perspective, Scott, and 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 that's right. what you, you know. I always talk when I when I talk to, to to audiences or whatever, and I try to tell them something. I'm like, listen, you want to change your life, like you really want to change your life. If if we're mm-hmm. being serious, and you say, hey, there's something about my life that I want to change. The first thing that has to change is your perspective. That's the way you see things, right? And people want to say glass glass half full, glass half empty, or whatever. But just look at it from a different angle, right? Instead of looking at it and saying, oh, my God, I can't believe he would do that. He gets paid all this money. You know, how selfish of him, how egotistical or whatever. Like everything you say there, your finger's pointed at him. But but what what can you learn from that? Say, man, you know what? When's the last time that I acted like that when somebody cut me off in traffic? We're talking about traffic, right? I feel like our yeah. person, right? We're talking about, we're talking about traffic. traffic. We're talking about yeah. traffic. Yeah, that's I mean, we're talking <laughs> about traffic. Like, you getting all angry in traffic. This guy just lost what he had been preparing for for 15 years, and we're talking about traffic. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Yeah. I mean, come on. So that's just the way I, I look at it, man. Oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, and it's similar to, you know, it's interesting to me that people – didn't make a big, and I'm not trying to compare situations. I'm just throwing out the hypocrisy uh, 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 of it all. Where yes. when Man, when Peyton lost to Drew Brees in Super Bowl a few years ago, you know right. he just walked off the field. He was too mad to shake anybody's hand. And sure. you know I, I I I don't remember the vitriol being that high towards towards Peyton, and I didn't care. To me, I didn't really care. I mean, dude, I trust this dude just being so mad and disappointed. You know, he just walked off and just sulked on his own. So I, I, I just didn't see the whole point of all this brouhaha over Newton just doing what he did. Well, it's I mean, because it's, it's crazy. Cam Newton, man. It's because he's the he's the MVP. He's the flamboyant guy who's been, you know, kind of living life on the edge and 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 kind of just celebrating and doing that stuff all year long. You know, and and you have to understand, and like he said in his press conference when he kind of got back to Carolina and calmed down, he's like, you show me somebody who's a good loser, and and I'm going to show you. And and, and what he said is, I think he said, you show me somebody who's a good loser, and I'm going to show you somebody who's a loser. And and I think that was a little bit, I I think that was a little bit harsh because being a good loser, like, okay, let's define what that is. What he's saying, he's not saying a good loser like a good sport. What he's saying is somebody who's excited to lose, Right. So yeah, people even yeah. took that and twisted those words. And, and what he said there is true. If you, if you, in any sport, in any endeavor in life, if you have somebody who sets out to lose, then 
that's somebody who's probably going to lose, right? And so (laughs) what he's saying is, is that I don't set out to lose. I set out to win. And so you show me somebody who's not disappointed when they lose, and I'm going to show you somebody who's gotten to be okay with losing, and I I get that. The the idea is, is there's a difference, though, between, you know, being a, a sore loser and, right. and being somebody who loses. And and so, you know, the the thing is, is was Cam a sore loser? And, you know, I I, I just I'm not to the point to, to make that call because I'm not that dude, right? I'm not I'm not mm-hmm. him, you know? And and so how should he how should he have responded? That's not for me to say, man. I mean, this is a high profile guy who's got cameras in his face all day. You know, and of course, if you have to capture every single moment before the game, after the game, during the game, whatever, stuff's going to happen. So, man, you know, again, for me, it's a moot point. And quite honestly, Scott, the more the more I choose to talk about it and not look at the positive side of it, the more I'm wasting my time. And I just wish everybody saw it that way. Cool. Well said. So I'll get you out here on this last question, buddy. Um, yeah. The, the, the flip side of it is your boy Peyton Manning won it. Uh, right. He has six, the second Super Bowl in the most unlikely way fashion, if you will, because they went swore yeah. up and down that he was washed up. So what do you think? Is he going to run off to the sunset as a winner, a la John Elway a few years ago, or is he going to come back for one more season? You know, man, I love Peyton Manning, and that's why I said that this Super Bowl, there's no losers for me. I mean, I just I, I love right. Peyton Manning and, and his, his legacy in the league. I do too. Um, I mean, to be honest, <clears throat> you know, if you want to start really looking at – the starting quarterbacks in the NFL um, and their their talent level and, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, Peyton is to a point in his career, he's, he's probably, I mean, arguably, top three quarterbacks of all time. I mean, sure. you know, I, I don't think sure. anybody would argue with that. Um, but, but the reality is is that, you know, he loves the game, right? So you love something, you always want to come back to it. But the reality is is at what point in time – you know, do you do you turn that new chapter? And so for him, I'm not saying he's washed up. I'm not saying he can't compete anymore. You know, his game is very different now than it was then. Now his game, you know, over the past few seasons has been a very strong defense, right, and has been the mm-hmm. ability to make short passes and control the offense enough to put the team in a position to win. Whereas a few years ago, I mean, Peyton Manning was making every pass, right, you know, and hitting on every number. Right. He's just – he's such a different quarterback now. He's just such a smart quarterback that he doesn't put his team in a position to lose, you know. And so, mm-hmm. for me, listen, if I – if you have a chance to walk off the field with a Super Bowl victory and the career that he's had or whatever, I'd feel good about leaving. But at the same time, man, you love what you do, you know what I mean? Who's to say you shouldn't get back That's out true. there and, and keep trying to compete, man? So, you know, right. he has to make that decision for himself. And either way, man, it, it's good. What you don't want to see is, you know, him him force an issue when his body is not, you know, in the, the condition to compete at that level and he get himself right. hurt, like permanently mm-hmm. hurt, right? Because, I mean, his neck right. is pretty jacked up. I mean, and you start looking yeah. at you go across the span. You start looking at Tiger Woods and the back problems that he's having. You know, you start looking at, at all these different athletes and the, the running backs in the NFL. You know, their tenure's so short now because of the beating that they take. I mean, come on, man. There's more to life than, than sports. Let's be honest. And and you don't want to see these people sure, hurt themselves physically for the rest of their lives. You know what I mean? Right. Um, just to do something they love. Um, so that that's that's my take on it, man. Is, is take care of your person first. Yeah, exactly. Well said. And as the saying goes, 
un- Father Time is undefeated and untied. And it's always going to be that way. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Michael Jordan and Jerry Rice. It's taking out Kobe Bryant, and it may take out one Peyton Manning. Hey, Matt, That's thanks it, a man. whole lot, man. Yeah, hey, Scott, yeah, appreciate thanks, it, brother. Y'all be good, okay? All right, stay warm and dry, please, by all means. <laughs> all right, uh, that's my guy, uh, Matt Ham, uh, signing off. And uh, again, I, I agree with, um, I, I mean, uh, I agree with uh, Matt in, in, in his uh, Cam Newton commentary. I mean, sure, I mean, again, should Cam have handled it differently? Yeah, he's a professional athlete, yeah. Yes, he can get paid a bit bucks and all that, but to make such a big stink about it, I mean, come on, people. Really? Really? I mean, it's all because it's Cam Newton for the most part. That's my opinion. But anyway, thank you all for listening to Clan Out. Have a good weekend. Stay safe. Stay warm. Stay dry, depending on where you are. It's Scott Brooks signing off. 06, y'all. Have a good weekend. <laughs>